0: Hi there, and welcome to Be a Global Citizen, the podcast that explores the concept of global citizenship through the lens of value-creating education. My name is Scott Bauer, and I'm a SOCA researcher and educator. I hope you find the discussions, stories, and insights on this podcast to be valuable and inspiring as we strive to become global citizens who are committed to living a contributive life. On today's episode, we have another installment of GC Talks with Priyandra Noel. She is the program and office assistant at the Akeda Center for Peace, Learning and Dialogue. I'm very happy to have uh, Pri on the podcast with us today. She really brings such tremendous energy to the conversation and there's many con- uh, connections that, that she makes between her work specifically with dialogue. And the various programs that they offer at the center over in Boston and how that connects with global citizenship. So let's get right into the episode. Enjoy.
1: All righty. Hi everyone. My name's Pre-Andra. I go by Pre for short, and I am currently 26 years old working at a nonprofit in Harvard Square. It's a peace, learning, and dialogue center. And it's been great because I feel like I'm working but I'm also a student a lifelong learner so working at a nonprofit like that has been nice and originally I grew up in southern california born in san bernardino but raised in a small nice bed city called corona <laughs> and yes I've just been living life out here in cambridge massachusetts for about 4 years now and just enjoying the adventures of what it's like to live in the city and Explore my mid twenties. That's a little bit about Priyandra.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Priyandra. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, and it's wonderful to be talking to a fellow Californian. And uh, you have such a unique background. Um, you you've also studied at Soka University of America. Um, there was some overlap in our you know kind of our times at SUA. Yes, there was. was.
1: You were my amazing senior. <laughs>
0: Yay. And so, um, yeah, and then now finding yourself in Boston and doing the important work um, at this particular center, this nonprofit that you mentioned, I think um, it's, it's really fitting to have you speak more about the kind of work that you do, um, how your life has kind of brought you to that, that work uh, in that particular setting. Like you said, in Harvard Square, lots of university people, young people in general coming there. Um, with various interests and passions. And so how does this idea of um, peace learning dialogue connect back to global citizenship? I think there's a lot of potential to really like unpack a lot of interesting things. Um, And then also just within your own, um, you know, uh, you know, experiences uh, traveling to different countries and your own um, background uh, with like kind of like Creating sense of identity and just like life experiences and side projects. Let's get all into that. Um, so um, I, I kind of wanted to offer the listeners a little bit more opportunity to get to know you. Um, in particular, the um, professional background that you're coming at with. Uh, so I'd love to hear a little bit more of how uh, you got to the place where you are right now um, at the center um, and kind of maybe maybe with like some of your um well like at SUA but even if you want to go a little bit before that just kind of like what were some of the milestones that brought you to where you are now.
1: Thank you for those questions. I always appreciate an opportunity to kind of step back and see like what are the steps that I took to get to where I am. I would like to just say that all the things that have unfolded even professionally have been very mystic for me but I guess the emphasis around the beauty of this mysticism is they always emerge from just the networking, I guess, that I've been doing or the people that I've been connecting to, conversations that I've been having, kind of just really being open with me, sharing like, this is the vision I have, this is the path that I'm on, and then opportunities emerging and me me taking them. (laughs) And so, I mean, back in high school, even, I remember my big all-time professional goal was to work at the UN as, a, as an ambassador of some sorts. And so I went to SUA you know, with this intention of, I'm gonna study international relations or international studies, whichever, I forget which terminology is used there, but it's like, okay, diplomacy related, let's go, let's go. And then I went to SUA and grew extremely fond and appreciative of literature, thanks to one of my favorite professors there of all time. Um, they really curated their classroom spaces in a way that really made me enjoy the beauty of the humanities concentration. So I ended up, long story short, though we all graduate with the liberal arts degree, I graduated with a concentration in humanities. And so, you know, as I was thinking about what am I going to do next, my original plan was actually to pursue a master's in teaching English as a second language. And I was going to go to SUA's brother-sister school, Soka University of Japan to do that. Um, But to kind of make another longer winded story shorter, um, just talking with other people on campus, this opportunity to work at the center in Harvard Square emerged, or at least um, they're like, hey, there's this opportunity, you want to check it out. I read um, everything that they were looking for in a candidate, and also their mission statement. And I just loved how As soon as I read it, I fell in love because it really kind of put everything together of what I wanted to do as a peace ambassador at the United Nations, but in a local setting. So in my head, I think I grew up really with this mindset of like, go big. If I'm going to be global and like enact peace, I'm going to, you know, go all the way to the United Nations. Whereas this dialogue center, you know, we really do all that we can at the grassroots level to connect with our community around us specifically college students and young professionals, Mm -hmm. and to really empower young people to, you know, have the conversations that maybe we're too afraid to have, even in classrooms. And so, you know, my work really, I'm a program and office assistant. And so two thirds of my work is program related, one third admin related. And for the programs we really, um, pre-pandemic times, we would invite folks to the center and. We just had a schedule or an agenda where, you know, we would really get people comfortable in the space because a lot of times people didn't know each other. And if they do, you know, we can always use a refresher to reconnect. So we would have like icebreakers, an intro to what's going on in these spaces, what are we going to talk about, and throughout the agenda just different ways people can interact with one another in a way where they could really feel the power of dialogue. So I know I'm throwing a lot out there, but our hope right now, we've been virtual uh, since the pandemic. And so we're really working towards um, safely inviting people back into the center again. So yes, it's, it's been great <laughs> to still be exploring the dialogue, the power of conversation and people and um, in my work.
0: Mm. Wow! Thank you so much for for sharing all of that. And uh, of course, you know, the the work that you're doing is is deepening as you gain more experience. And I think with the what attracted you to the mission of that particular center, I'm sure that um, will continue to uh, you know kind of uh, transform and take you in different uh, directions when it comes to um, how you see your like longer term career. You know and that, and i think that's going to be really wonderful and, and it connects so much to um you know this theme of global citizenship one thing though that i wanted to ask so it it, it i i gathered from you know you sharing it, as far back as like high school you were thinking of the united nations and there's this idea of like i want to contribute on a global scale and that's the, that's where i need to be you know headed when it comes to my studies but then you uh, after graduating you found yourself at the center and it suddenly became clear that um, you know the grassroots level, um, really interacting, engaging with people, um, young people in particular, um, at the local level, of course connects back to the global. But it, it gave you that kind of anchoring, that that sense that like you know I'm contributing in these specific ways. So if you were to go back and like you know talk to like high school Priandra, um, <laughs> what kind of like insights would you share to kind of like You know try to have that that past version of yourself really understand that dynamic between like what it means to affect the global but through the local or vice versa and you know how has your understanding of the united nations changed now um given this work that you're doing
1: yes thank you so much for asking that question i think um i wouldn't tell past Priyandra anything different because I think she needed to kind of go through that journey of unpacking what global citizenship can look like at a local level in that way. Um, but also, I guess I would um I would emphasize how, you know everything you do locally ends up impacting the world beyond this anyways. And so really, just this um, I would encourage her to apply to SUA if, you know, she wasn't planning to apply, because I think that's where I really deepen my sense of understanding of what global citizenship means. Um, I grew up a Buddhist who practices with the Sokogaka International, which is um, an organization led by uh, Daisaku Ikeda, who is, you know, a Buddhist philosopher, educator, author, and poet. He does so many different things, but Growing up in a community with my fellow Buddhist comrades, we talk a lot about what global citizenship means for each of us and how we can enact peace at the local level. And so, as a kid, it was always like, Yes, peace. Yes, be nice to others. Yes, let's do great things. But then to go to SUA, where, you know, uh, founder is also Daisaku Ikeda, and really learning about the three, his perspective of the three essential elements of global citizenship which, is it okay if I actually read them aloud? I always oh, love to of
0: course. read, yeah, them, I love read listening them for to my own again.
1: <laughs> so the three essential elements that Mr. Ikeda shares are one, the wisdom to perceive the interconnectedness of all life and living. Two, the courage not to fear or deny difference, but to respect and strive to understand people of different cultures and to grow from encounters with them. And three, the compassion to maintain an imaginative empathy that reaches beyond one's immediate surroundings and extends to those suffering in distant places. And I think when I first heard those three specific elements which growing up, I guess I didn't really hear that part of the global citizenship um, aspect that we would all talk about. And then being like, okay, as a student, I could really practice embodying these with peers who are also mindful of these elements that really expedited the way that I transformed my understanding of global citizenship. So. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't say anything other than you're on the right path, go to SUA, connect with people, encounter these um, essential elements and do what you can to apply them in your day to day, especially while while you're a student. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. But definitely. That's very wise. And I think, yeah, we, we can't <laughs> willy nilly go back and change things uh, because that <laughs> then inevitably change who we are right in the current moment. and. Mm. Um, yeah, and like you were saying at the very beginning, everything's so mystic. How things fall into place, um, and um, yeah, definitely I, I understand. So you you shared a little more about um, this this background of yours. Um, you know, when you when you heard of this term global citizenship, it was through the SGI Soka International community. Um, I'm I'm really interested to hear more about that, uh, especially the the community aspect. The you know the you know other members who were um, You know, practicing and um, encouraging you uh, in various ways. And so like, what were some of the things that they would share with you as encouragement when it came to like, you should be a global citizen? Do you recall anything specific? Or um, if not, then is, were there any like particular role models when you were in high school? Um, Or earlier that you would say like, oh, this, this person is like the real deal this they say be a global citizen and I view them as a global citizen so someone that you could really aspire towards
1: yes most definitely I think in the community aspect of things the biggest most uh, I mean it's I love and appreciate the friendship so much because through the friendships which you know we're from all walks of life different countries different ages different life experiences and I think the exposure to that diversity at such a young age and consistently up until now where, you know, I'm still practicing with the organization joyfully and everywhere I move to, I immediately connect to a local organization and from there, you know, just really being able to continually experience different people, no matter where I go, but with this like sense of home because of the shared values we have, I think that, um, The exposure piece is something that definitely whether they said global citizenship or not for my for me my world growing up um going to meetings where we study together and chant together and just seeing all sorts of people and hearing you know people share their experiences not just people that aren't my age but even younger kids and you know elders and just the diversity of that having that around me is something that the older I get, I try not to take for granted because the more I also connect with people outside of the organization, I know that's not an experience necessarily everyone has. You know, we can go to school and we can go to work, and those spaces aren't always as diverse as that they can be. But in this Buddhist community, I found that, yeah, no matter where I go, it's like, wow, this is the world that exists in this area that, you know, unless we had something like this Buddhist practice where we could come together we might all be independently being in our own spaces, not really being able to share the beauty of, you know, what it's like to be who we are, where we are. And so exposure was a big thing for me in terms of the word global citizenship being shared with me the first time or like encouragement around it. Just everyone who like took care of me, they always embodied just as one person, like what We can do to be a difference, you know, even if it's something as simple as when I was a kid. And um, one of my mom's friends would like bring us goodies and like encourage us to do our best in sharing a presentation or doing a skit and just that sense of belonging, which I think that's a term that comes up for me a lot when I think of global citizenship personally of like, I belong anywhere. Doesn't matter if I'm black and Japanese and 26 and, you know, a program and office assistant, a poet, an author, like, all those labels out the window, as a global citizenship, I feel that I can belong anywhere and everywhere because I choose to do that as I identify, like, what is it that makes me human and connected to, like, the people around me? So, kind of went all over the place there, but exposure, definitely exposure and friendships um, are definitely what highlighted global citizenship in my life for me through all the communities I've been in.
0: Wow. No, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Like how you um kind of really laid out um, so much about like what really draws you to that community and how it really fostered you to be the person you are today. And you were speaking a, a lot about like, identity and like, what, what does it mean to be, as you were saying, like a 26 year old who is black and Japanese and has, you know, has this work that, uh, you know, you're currently engaged with um, and that it's it's wholly unique to you. But at the same time, there's this kind of, you know, uh, deeper understanding um, that connects back to, you know, this desire to fully experience what it means to be human, uh, tapping into that. And uh, of course, like expanding your life through your experiences, right? In the present moment and moving forward. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear more about, um, you know, like, aside from just the kind of like, you know, you know the, I guess, like items or like kind of like listing out in the way that you did of like, this is like me in different snapshots. Like what what has been your experience kind of um, grappling with this idea of like a global citizen? Like, was it something that because of your you know background, you just immediately like took to and said yes I'm a global citizen or did it take a little bit longer and like was there a pivotal moment or experience that helped you really like truly feel like that conviction that yes I am a global citizen yeah
1: wow yes um you know what's interesting as I actually think about this in this moment is that um I felt more like a global citizen when I was a kid because there wasn't a lot of these labels that, you know, was at the forefront of things. Like it's just you lived in the world with your friends, doing the best that you can. And it's not until you get older where you really start seeing like how different parts of your identity may or may not change the way you're perceived in spaces. And, you know, we become more self aware, which is great. But the more self aware I became, I did start to feel a little more insecure about like I want to believe that I'm a global citizen but then I find myself questioning like oh but am I in this situation in that situation like am I really I guess the way I perceive myself as a global citizenship which I hope is the way other people are perceiving me is that I'm a bridge Um, because I think there's always going to be people we meet whom we disagree with or people with whom we're going to have to have many conversations with to even get to a place of shared understanding. And I think the power of someone who really challenges themselves to be a global citizenship, uh, to be a global citizen, is rooted in our endeavor to like consistently, at least for me, referring to Mystery Tata's three essential elements, is every day I need to make sure if I don't tackle all three of these points, wisdom, courage, and compassion, I should at least be tackling one no matter what. That's kind of my barometer, I guess. On the days where I don't feel like I've applied any of them is the day where I'm like, hmm, I could have done a little bit more on the global citizenship front. But on the days where I'm proactively thinking about these elements, I find myself more inclined to, when I say push myself, I don't mean in a forceful or bad way, but really like get myself to go outside of my comfort zone to really do all that I can to experience our shared humanity. Mm. And so if I remember that, (laughs) which I try to remind myself every day, then definitely like my conviction and my identity as a global citizen deepens. Mm. At the same time, as I become still more more aware of what makes me me, I do have to kind of revisit, okay, with these new understandings of myself even, what does wisdom, courage, and compassion look like? And one example, actually, that I would love to share because I recently I'm starting a newsletter and I just wrote about this as my first piece. But um, I feel like we're all like our favorite colors. So my favorite color is purple. And when you think about what makes purple purple, it's, you know, the simple answer is that it's red and blue. But as an artist, many people know there's like I mean, I'm not a painter artist, per se, but, you know, there's different shades or even purple is between red and blue so it's not really just red or just blue or like sometimes 30% red and whatever percent blue and sometimes it has yellows and other colors in between and I think I've been thinking about that a lot even in the context of global citizenship just in the sense that like everyone is unique because we're all so complex but if we know our shared goal is that we want to understand and make the world better that's okay like those things can still complement one another just like colors on a color palette <laughs> um but yeah so I've just been practicing to keep these elements at the forefront of my mind to make sure I'm properly practicing what I preach
0: yeah wow it, it, Wow. there's a there's a lot there that you shared that that was that, a lot was <laughs> fascinating uh, well, I just you know the well, the color thing is 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 really interesting what you what you were just sharing about how there's always this spectrum and this understanding that, you know, for as much as like we humans, we want to put a label on something, we want to understand it by putting it in a specific box, right? So that we can make sense of the chaos, seeming, you know, you know, all the you know stuff going around us, but to like have something easily identified, you know, even within like colors and the spectrum, like we can explore so much more beyond just saying it's purple right because you know it's not just the, the like the shade itself but it's also the way that you perceive the shade and in that particular moment that experience and so there's a lot we could go into there but like also you were talking about um you know what it was like growing up and that when you were younger you felt like it was easier to be a global citizen And I was like, wow, that's so, that's so true. Right. Like, I mean, not like every single child is walking around just being like, I'm a global citizen right Right. now, but like, there's that kind of like innocence that, that sense of like, you know, wonder that unfortunately tends to be kind of stamped out (laughs) by the time they reach adulthood, uh, by the time they reach our age. Right. And they're, you know, mid to late (laughs) twenties I'm more on the late twenties side. Um, And Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's unfortunate to see that, like, you know, through this process of self-awareness, and like, you know, leaning into our complexities and being exposed to more things, um, rather than continue to like, nurture that sense of wonder, um, and sense of interconnectedness with just not only other people, but just life in general, our environments. It, it kind of goes in the opposite direction. And that's kind of, concerning (laughs) it's like wow you know we could be so much more and like we can really um you know benefit from having that kind of like wonder curiosity and conviction that like you know how do we connect with others i think that's something that um is is essential to what you were sharing about with you know ikeda talking about these three elements of a global citizen um and then there was a third thing too that you'd mentioned that it's kind of blanking on me right now um, but yeah that was that was really that was really informative i, I appreciated you sharing all of that um, yeah so i mean I, i'd love to hear um maybe um do you, can you think of any like kind of aside from the three elements of a global citizen um that you mentioned from ikeda like what other um considerations should one have when um you know kind of putting into practice this global citizenship um I mean I really liked what you shared about that barometer of like thinking like oh you know like today which of the three have I embodied um is there something more to that, to that that you can talk about
1: yes and this is where I'm just so grateful to all of the ways in which life has brought me to the space that I am right now professionally because where I work is also actually founded by Daisaku Ikeda this nonprofit, and um The IKEDA Center for Peace, Learning, and Dialogue. And I think dialogue, (laughs) you know, we can have all these elements in mind. We can be, you know, doing what we can, but I really, in working here, have been learning a lot more the different elements of dialogue that I hadn't even considered. And it's not because I didn't want to do it per se, but it's just there's so much to unpack around, you know, there's like the inner work we already have to do as individuals. But after you do your inner work, to be able to then find the courage, compassion, wisdom to share your life experiences with someone else and to also hear and listen to others life experience. I think that's where like dialogue comes in to really believe that the stories you have to share, the stories you get to listen to that they're all crucial towards us building the world we wanna see. And so, Yes, I really feel like a global citizen is not afraid to have dialogue. And if they're a little afraid, there's at least this recommitment too, especially when we're struggling or when we're uncertain of the world and the way, in the way the world's changing around us, that like we go to dialogue, (laughs) we don't step back and just observe and wait until the storm has calmed or wait until, you know, different points of views are like out the window, but it's like, no, we will go into the eye of the storm to sit down and have conversations with others. Um, And so I do feel like wisdom, courage, compassion, and dialogue Mm. is um, something I would add to that mix.
0: Could you maybe like clarify a little bit um, about like what dialogue, what what you mean by dialogue in this case? Mm. There's, you know, I I think the word dialogue can be tossed around a lot um, and say, oh, we're having a dialogue. Um, when they're really just talking to each other about, you know, the weather or something. <laughs> um, but like from the, the center's point of view and then, you know, from what you've gathered in your, um, you know, many years working at the center, like, what, how, what would you say dialogue is um, in a nutshell?
1: Yes. Um, I think what I'm about to say now, I definitely I'm speaking for Priyandra and it's just what Priyandra has learned being at the center um and just being able to experience the events we have there. But it's really, this is gonna sound really cheesy, (laughs) but it's the friendship element. Like how are how what kind of meaningful conversations are we having that creates the opportunity for a genuine connection to form? And with that, you know, there definitely has to be criteria of like what are things you're bringing into the dialogue and hoping to get out of it to where it's not just like, like you said, like surface level talk, right? Like we really need to be prepared um, for all sorts of things. And I think part of that preparation comes with, you know, really identifying like, what do you hope to share and get out of any conversation you step into? If they share something that you're not quite, well-versed in like how do you respond to that and so it's really just how mindful can we be with what comes out of our mouth and also um how accepting and embracing can we be of the other person when they have the courage to share their values and their the ways they in which they see the world and so it's really this um yeah it's hard to put it in a nutshell but it's like how can we recommit to even if things sting a little because you know sometimes you'll be in a space and you hear things you don't want to hear but sometimes they don't necessarily sting because it's a bad thing that people are saying but sometimes things sting because it's like oh I didn't realize this and I'm like trying to gather up myself in the moment to like make sure you know my, my perspective doesn't get denied or to make sure I'm heard but it's like if you believe in the power of dialogue even in moments where you know there's a little hiccup in the conversation. There's this conviction that, oh, this is okay. This is a part of the exploration of what it means for me to be me, what it means for me to see the other person and what it means for us to really feel like, even if we don't end this conversation on the best note, we can come back again, you know, a week from now or tomorrow. And just, I guess the sense of um, dialogue as a an active, hopeful endeavor for an individual of really paving the way for the kinds of um, interactions they hope to see, as opposed to like staying in the realm of ideals, if that makes sense. Again, I went all over the place, but it's really, I'm still learning a lot. And like, just, it's more of a feeling for me, really feeling like that's right. Like my story matters, Mm. my life matters. And so does the person in front of me. Yeah.
0: yeah thank you so much for that that was wonderful um what happens though when the person in front of you doesn't believe in dialogue or is averse to what it is that you're proposing is there something that you would say to that person to try and open them up to it or uh, do do you know what I'm saying because you know I think there are people who um maybe view it as um I don't know like kind of not it's like too idealistic and it's too like lovey-dovey peace and and and, you know being uh, in the society that we live in you know it there there can be a lot of like cruelty and misery and you know suffering that maybe taints one's uh, view of this friendship ideal that you're speaking to like wow dialogue is really meant to bridge these gaps but when you know, you're the one trying to build half the bridge and the other person's not willing, how is it that you can really make meaningful engagement with that person?
1: Mm-hmm. I guess to be even more specific with what I mean by friendship is when I think of all my great friendships, they're great and they're friendships because they're all rooted in respect. And when I think we definitely, actually, we had a, an event recently, a virtual event with our youth committee um, or our youth community around what are the three essential ingredients we feel are necessary when we step into a dialogue. And as I was reflecting on my own, courage is one that came to mind. I definitely feel like I need to have courage and would like for the other person to have courage too, to step into a space. But say, like you said, there's someone that I meet who doesn't want to have the kind of dialogue that I'm hoping to have. So I might bring in courage, but they might bring in the opposite, which I guess would be cowardice. And it's like, what do I do when I'm bringing this in, but the other person's not bringing it in? And I think the best anyone can do in a situation like that is, again, just to hold on to the fact that this is a learning opportunity, you know? And really like through me bringing courage to the space where I'm not met with the same, like how am I gonna respond as opposed to react? Really just thinking like, how can I grow as another person? And how can I just plant the seed that you know, even if they might not have another conversation with me again, they had an experience with me and I can hope that there's another global citizen somewhere else who will bump into this person that this person actually might be more inclined to talk to. And just, again, really believing in how I'm not alone in this. And so whatever I can offer to the person in front of me, rooted in respect, even if I'm not met with that same respect or similar ingredients or what have you of dialogue, if I just believe that that cause that I made there will lead to a ripple effect or open doors for other people to then be able to have a conversation with this person, then not to say my job is done, but that's just very fulfilling to me. Though I'm sure leaving the space, I'll like maybe cry a little or wonder like, why couldn't I reach their heart? But I want to believe that even in those situations, I'll do my very best to let them know that like, I respect your life and whatever they can take from that encounter with me I just hope they can take it in their next encounter so that's kind of how I see dialogue works too it doesn't always work picture perfect but the intent and the impact you know it definitely starts with me so
0: you're so you're so uh, sincere <laughs> Pri and uh, <laughs> I really love the the kind of ingredient list that you're talking about when it comes to what what makes for good um, like en- entering into a dialogue with another person, like what are some of the necessary ingredients you need? So you'd mentioned uh, respect. And then uh, as, as one of the shared, um, I kind of like, you know, I don't know, it kind of goes across all levels. But then, you know, after that was courage. I'd love to hear like, what was like the complete ingredient list for, for at least for you? Because you, you kind of seem like you mentioned only one or maybe two of the three. Is there another one that also came to mind through that activity?
1: Yeah, so respect is actually one that I feel like is, in, um, respect is one that I feel like is, should be in everyone's ingredients, but that's not one we have to list. So for me, if respect is guaranteed to be there, at least on my side, my uh, additional elements I would like to bring to the space or would be happy if someone else brought are um, courage, a vast heart and hope, and the vast heart piece was another one of my elements because I feel like when you have an open heart, you also have an open mind. And so it's kind of two sides of the same coin where if I can just bring in a sincere, genuine, loving spirit into a space, I will be more open to both similarities and differences. And I hope I can evoke that in the other person. And then hope, I feel like, especially with Mr. Ikeda's perspective of hope, where he says, Quote, hope is a decision, end quote. <laughs> I really go into every space deciding that this is going to be great. And that, again, whether they take away from that experience in that moment or not, like I know this is what I want to take away and hope that they'll take away something later. And just, um, yeah, hope is really important for me because if I don't have hope, I think things can feel very ro- robotic or just obligatory almost. It's like I need to connect to this person as opposed to I get to connect to this person. And not only do I get to connect to this person, but in that, you know, deepening my sense of it is really in the power of connecting with other people as social beings that you can see the world differently than your mind might make things out to be. Or it's easy to like scroll through YouTube, Instagram, news, and just see all these bad things. But then when you actually connect to a person who's also doing the same thing, and realize, oh, there are other things happening in life, too, that are great, that you know we can highlight more, to have hope that in those one-to-one conversations I have, that my perspective, too, expands. I think, yeah, that's why I think hope is very important um, in a dialogue. So those are the three that I had in mind. But the list is endless.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pri. And uh, I wanted to ask another question. So at the Akita Center, um, you guys have many programs. Of course with the pandemic everything shifted to online um and some new programs have been introduced and, and others adapted to make uh you know make it so that people can engage from all over all over the world um i kind of wanted to ask like out of all of the different programs that you guys have been um you know implementing in the boston area and then now in the virtual space um, is there any particular event that really stands out to you as like, oh, that this was a really great and successful event that we had that really embodied uh, everything that we've been talking about with dialogue and global citizenship?
1: I am a huge fan, as is, I, I think, many of the our friends in our youth community um, of our Dialogue Nights. It's a series for young people to um, really... We hope to bring, we hope to, um, whoa, let me try that again. You'll probably cut this out. (laughs) I hope, but um, yeah, our intention is to really be able to provide, you know, a space again for young people to engage in meaningful conversations and form genuine connections. But it's really inspired by Mr. Ikeda's belief in the infinite potential that we as youth have to be agents of change in our local communities. And so to really bring, again, this word hope to young people to feel like, you can transform things through dialogue. And every event we've had, virtual or in-person with this community of folks have been phenomenal. And I think the reason why is because, again, not um, oftentimes many people don't know each other when they enter the space, but to really be able to see from like the icebreaker all the way until the open mic at the very end, the way people kind of change, it's it's really hard to describe unless you're in that space. Though you can also read the amazing write-ups that um, our pubs um, pub's person Mitch writes for us. Um, they they beautifully capture how every event is like. But to really just feel like, wow, you know, I can talk about these things on my mind. You know, anything from burnout and vulnerability and self love, and we even had one on like the millennial challenge and like how we appreciate the uncertainties of things and friendship. And we've just covered so many themes where right? it's hard for me to pick just one. But I just love how this event is really a space for young people to yeah believe in all the good (laughs) again through the friendships they make there so i hope that answers the question
0: yes yes it definitely does more than answers it so thank you so much for for sharing that and i can attest to how wonderful dialogue nights are i participated in several um the online versions and uh yeah it's just really great to be able to connect with other young people and to have a topic like, for example, burnout, something that I think most people, you know, just like young professionals or I mean, anywhere you are at, um, but people can understand like, wow, the struggle is like, is this the job that I want to be doing? Um, why is it that I feel this way? And um, uh, why do I feel like it's, it's, it's becoming stagnant or it's causing actual like harm to my own mental health, all these things and more and to feel heard and to you know, have that sense of solidarity with other youth, I think is powerful. And I, that's one word that comes to my mind when I think of global citizenship, this solidarity of like how we're all unique on an individual level and yet we're all connected and we share so much uh, collectively and you know, how we balance those two perspectives um, and experiences, I think is, is an ongoing like lifelong journey. So um, so yes, we're, we are coming up at the end of our, our episode. Um, it's been such a joy so far, Pree. Thank you so much. I have one more want question. Yeah, I have one more question though. Um, so I wanted to ask like what book or film you would recommend to a global citizen?
1: Yes, I was thinking long and hard about this one because I feel like there's just so many things that I've dabbled into that really highlight that. But I would say any film, from the Ghibli studios (laughs) would be a great, yeah, I would definitely recommend any film from there, whether it's like Kiki's Delivery Service or Totoro or Spirited Away. And the reason why I would recommend a Ghibli film is I think there's an element of both like being a child and navigating adulthood mashed into this film in a way where it's not overwhelming, nor is it underwhelming for an individual to really process this uniqueness that we all hold and like, there's like the theme of friendship and just really like harmony and how we can be a better person in the world, not just from person to person, but person to nature. And like, yeah, there's just so many themes that I think one could draw from around how they could be help create a better sense of belonging um, by being by embodying what home looks like (laughs) in these Ghibli films. So yes i would recommend that
0: <laughs> that was well said i i completely agree with you um how you describe a lot of these studio uh, ghibli yeah studio ghibli films kind of bring together the like child childlike innocence and like you know just like what it was like to be young uh, at that you know age and then kind of navigating treacherous waters of society and, right <laughs> Yeah. Is is there like a particular movie, though, that like you really like, like your favorite? Or is it like you've mentioned Kiki's Delivery Service or
1: yeah. Yes, definitely. Kiki's Delivery Service was one I watched a lot as much as Totoro as well. And I think for both of them, there's just really this like Kiki. She was this witch trying to kind of integrate herself into... I think she ended up, see, it's been so long actually since I watched that that I can't even describe what it was about. But I just remember there was this young girl really like being insecure in herself as a witch trying to like navigate the world around her but then finding a sense of identity and really being able to help people. Mm -hmm. I just remember that being at the heart of things and as a kid really being moved by like, that's right. Like when you have good people and when you believe in yourself and overcome your insecurities, that's when you can really manifest and unleash your potential. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I really like that one. And then Totoro, I just think there's a beauty of, there's definitely lots of themes around family and nature as well. And just Totoro being, I don't even know if he's an alien or an elephant or what exactly he is, but I just remember growing up, especially as a kid um, watching that movie thinking like, There's so much in the world that we can see and not see that are shaping the world into what it is. And Mm -hmm. I think the way we choose to really channel our childlike innocence or the way we choose to explore the unknown and uncertainty is really where the beauty of human life experiences emerge. And I think Mm -hmm. a global citizen looks for those adventures as well. So yeah, (laughs) those are my reasoning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it sounds like we need a, Because I've seen those movies too, but it's been a while, so we need to rewatch them.
1: We do. <laughs>
0: long overdue. Well, thank you so much, Pri. And it's just been such a joy to, to talk with you. And I've learned a lot more about your background and also your views on dialogue, how that connects with and informs really uh, global citizenship on a day-to-day basis. And um, yeah, I, I wanted to give you the last words. So anything you'd like to share, kind of final thoughts about the... The topic of global citizenship
1: yes no i too just wanted to say thank you so much for this opportunity because you know i've been working at this amazing dialogue center for four years and still i find myself um struggling to really embody the power of dialogue every day but to be able to have opportunities like this where i really can practice these uh, this amazing Um, All the amazing resources and tools that I've added to my dialogue belt, especially around global citizenship, has been a great honor. So, yeah, thank you so much. And I hope the listeners, too, will feel inspired to kind of find ways in which you can be a global citizen and to then share that with your friends and maybe with Scott in a future podcast episode. So, (laughs) yes, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Pri, once again, for joining me on this podcast episode. I really enjoyed learning more about your background and the important work that you're doing at the center and all of these reflections that you've had. Just, you know, understanding the local and global and really having this effort to think about how you are embodying global citizenship on a daily basis. In particular, that that barometer that you you, uh, shared between um, you know, the different elements of a global citizen, courage, wisdom, and compassion, to think if you've covered one or more of those elements per day, I think it's really helpful. And a and kind of action uh, that you can put down into words in the journal entry, for example, something simple like that, I think, can really go a long way for us to bring that much more awareness to this very abstract concept. But to really feel that you know through our interactions with others via friendships and then also in the work that we do we're able to really solidify this identity as a global citizen believe it and inspire that uh, through our interactions with others so that more people can really take on this identity and i think that's really important so thank you so much for sharing that Pri and uh, really appreciate you um, sharing and taking the time um, to be on this podcast. So thank you once again.